Folks, uh, you are back with the Kamara Wealth Leaders. Before we uh, head back up that wooded hill uh, with the moose and his tax loss harvesting um, to, to lumberjack, uh, gosh knows what, I just want to remind you that you have about 20 minutes left to claim your copy of the brand new, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them, third edition, hot off the press, chock full of information uh, that can really help you guide your portfolio going forward and avoid some of the pitfalls that we see as well as be aware of unseen costs, inappropriate investments, hidden commissions, and lots of other stuff you probably want to know to help guide your wealth engine. To get it, call us, 800-262-1083. Write it down now, 800-262-1083. That's 800-262-1083. Okay, um, Mr. Moose, please tell us, take us back to tax loss harvesting and uh, and what you meant by that. Well, you know, many times we you know we talk to clients about you know proactively selling certain positions they have that may generate a, a a loss and in this case if you can generate losses you can use it to reduce the portfolio income so not only do you you know you're going to save taxes at the 3.8% level so like we think we talked about in the show last week the doctor that that I helped discover had a whole bunch of municipal bonds uh, that he probably paid too much for because of the markup and so forth. But those bonds are worth less than what he paid. And as every day that ticks down to maturity, they're worth less and less and less. So you're saying that if he sells those bonds and, uh, and books a capital loss, he can use that to offset other capital gains and uh, perhaps avoid some of the, the insidious net investment income tax? Is that where you're going? That is correct. But it, like I said, also certain types of income. So if somebody's getting interest in dividends and they had municipal bond income, that income isn't counted. So if you converted other types of income into municipal bond income, you actually get a benefit. But in the example you just said, underwater bond, uh, bonds that are going to sell for a loss. Well, do you, yes, have, do you have any other you know, completely irrelevant examples that you'd like to confound our listening audience with? Well, I bet the listening audience <laughs> has bond portfolios. So I'm just saying there's, there's a lot to the topic. And we're not, but, but but tax loss harvesting is basically if you got some losers and you don't want them, you know, or maybe you do want them, but you can do what I call a dry clean wash sale, which is to sell them. What, what is it? Ninety days you got to wait. Thirty-one. Thirty-one days. Well, thirty-one days. Thirty-one. All right, so it's it's thirty thirty days. So if you have something like uh, um, the uh, the Vanguard Index five hundred fund. Um, you sell that and buy something that's just a little bit different, like maybe the TWR price index 500 fund, or just make sure it's, it's it, and discuss it with your tax advisor. But it does, and it can be substantially the same property, just arguably a little bit different. And then you can just go ahead and, and take the loss and move right into something else without having to wait to 31 days. You know, and that, that's quite uh, um, quite common, actually. All right. So, uh, any other uh, comments on uh, um, the tax loss harvesting? Uh, no, no, there, but there are many other ideas, and again, we'd have to sit down and, you know, if, if someone t- comes to see us, we're going to drill down as part of our typical analysis and see what other opportunities we see, and then maybe right. we would get with their a tax professional to confirm how to do it. All right, so let's talk about the stock market, um, which is uh, primarily, by the way, folks, our team, we are registered investment advisors, managing about a quarter billion dollars, Barron's, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this a couple of weeks, but Barron's did name us. Uh, one of the best financial advisors in America recently, which uh, we're very proud of. Um, but uh, we are primarily investment advisors that, that 
uh, have a very wide bandwidth of other wealth management knowledge that we bring to bear for the benefit of our clients and listeners. Um, but we have been talking for months now about the likely overvaluation of the U.S. markets, especially vis-a-vis some opportunities overseas. Um, the U.S. market, uh, which was a stunning, stunning buy six years ago, um, has by some measures tripled. This bull market's been going up for six years now, and U.S. stocks are pretty close to fair valuation. Some feel slightly overvalued. And we got a bit of shocking uh, economic news uh, at the end of April, where the economy uh, didn't do very well at all in the first quarter. Hopefully that will snap back in Q2. Uh, But the markets worldwide certainly took pause, um, and uh, and the U.S. dollar uh, took a hit, uh, largely because the the prospect of interest rate increases maybe has faded a little bit. So let's talk about the the, the first thing is, uh, Jonathan, I know that you, you, you checked the, the markets very intensely. And uh, did you, uh, um, the, what, how, what was, what's your view of the storm clouds that appeared in the horizon uh, a week or so ago? Yeah, no, I think that uh, the overbought condition, certainly uh, I look at this more just as a healthy pullback. Um, again, I think a 5 6 7% pullback is probably pretty healthy. I think the dollar certainly hit a uh, um, really almost a parabolic uptrend. And certainly, like you said, with the economy being a little weaker, maybe it's a little weather-related, uh, who knows? The economy has been slowing down here progressively. That uh, if you even look at last quarter, and then, of course, they readjust them all the time. But if you look right now, uh, the dollar uh, was due for a pullback. Certainly, the Fed's probably not going to lift rates as we move into the early summer anyway. So the dollar will pull back in that case. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting as well is that gold, well, they, they, gold they, they, also I, pulled back big time because they also realized that the Fed didn't say they weren't going to raise rates, so it's kind of. But a I, think, thing. I think part of that also is just the dollar went down. But again, the, the, the you know I believe as many you know market observers do that the dollar's rise is inexorably linked to the prospect of higher U.S. rates, and higher U.S. rates are going to come if we see higher employment and inflation starting uptick, which really doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. And if that's the case, then it may be toward the end of the year, maybe next year. Uh, before interest rates go up. And I think that's a lot of the reason we saw the chilling effect in the dollar. Um, that, that should be good for exporters. One of the reasons the economy didn't do so well in the first quarter is because, you know, it's just American goods are so darn expensive overseas because it's the high dollar. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, tell me that you do a lot of tactical maneuvering uh, in, in our star, in sector momentum, and chartist portfolios. Jonathan is the chief uh, uh, portfolio manager for those strategies and our chief tactical analyst. Uh, what are some of the tactical moves that you have been making uh, in anticipation of the events that have just transpired? What have you been doing with your portfolios lately, Jonathan? Right. So, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. But, uh, yeah, no. So definitely making some adjustments, whereas I've been pretty much completely out of energy since late last summer. I've started to take, uh, you know, really over the last weeks, is decreasing dollar exposure, increasing energy exposure, oversold positions. I've been, you know, really uh, doing well in your biotechs and your discretionaries and as such. So what I've done is i lightened up some there. Um, as you've seen, a lot of hedge funds, a lot of uh, institutional funds starting to sell some of the real winners, like you said, with this pullback. And now you have, again, energy uh, that's really looking pretty good. So really just an adjustment. I think this is more of a sector rotation than a huge major correction, actually. Yeah, and just as we wrap up this uh, the segment, again, the, 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 the minutes are ticking down, folks. If you'd like to avail yourself of the opportunity, you get this brand new report, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them. 
Brand new, third edition, chock full of information on how to guide your portfolio through the pitfalls ahead. No cost, no obligation, pure educational information. But you got to call us in the next uh, 10 minutes, I think we have left, at 800-262-1083. That's 800-262-1083. So I, I think that we are all agreed that U.S. stocks, and hopefully, I, I agree with you, by the way, I think this is just a hiccup. You know, I think the, the, this, uh, this incredibly aged bull market, um, almost like a moose market, uh, well, uh, well, I like a couple of nice steaks um, that will continue uh, for uh, probably for a year or two. I, don't, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of gas left in it, but I think that the easy profits are gone and there are much more appealing opportunities uh, around the world, particularly Europe, uh, as the, the European bank is just pulling out the floodgates, dumping euros on the market, cheapening the money, which is really shifting a lot of investors into European stocks, which is still quite cheap. Uh, Sonia um, or uh, Rob, any comments on uh, market prospects? What are some of your clients saying? What are some of your personal observations? Um, I'm actually talking with a, a lot of uh, my clients about adding some of the global pieces to their portfolio and um, finding that they're a little bit more comfortable right now. With You've been using our offshore portfolio? Right, uh, right. Um, and there's a little more acceptance than there probably was a year ago. And to what do you attribute that in 15 seconds or less? Um, well, I think that the, uh, probably just the, the new, what's in the news and, and seeing the gains that are happening and um, kind of the, the flattening of the... Just because it's been out so long, even though we started yeah. talking about it last summer, that you know they, they just pounded into the head with the media and they're becoming more accepting of it. Okay, yeah. that's uh, um, unfortunate. But folks, don't let that happen to you. Listen to us now. Let's take advantage of our wisdom and uh, um, and help guide uh, you to, to safely to pass the profit uh, before uh, before everybody knows. Okay, see you right after the break, folks. Stay with your Camarda wealth. Education leader. You're listening to the Camarda Brothers plus the Antler Rob on WER Wealth Education Radio. Better planning, better wealth, better wealth, better life. Tell your friends about the Camarda Wealth Leaders right here Saturdays at noon or Sundays at 2. This show is recorded, but if you have questions to be answered privately or on the air if you wish or want free reports, reviews, or other information, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call us now, folks. And we're back from Tampa and also from Jacksonville. This is Jeff Camarda with the Camarda Wealth Education Radio Show, joined by Sonia Embraceable You, sometimes Embraceable Boo, Elia. Uh, that's a Tampa inside joke. Uh, Rob Bulmoo Shevlin, <laughs> snore, helping you to snore from coast to coast for almost six months now. And Johnny. Hot stocks, Camarda. Uh, we have our favorite uh, segment, folks, most entertaining. Uh, with Cousin Arnold Camarda and perhaps uh, a wagon load of others. We'll be back for the final segment. But right now, we're going to talk about liability insurance. Uh, and this is an area where we're not uh, liability insurance agents, uh, but uh, this is an area we've frequently seen overlooked in most folks' financial planning, a pretty lurking pitfall. Uh, that uh, um, they can really bite them in the butt if they're not careful, if they have an incident. So liability insurance, folks. Jonathan, what does liability insurance mean to you, for instance? 
Well, liability insurance, I mean, Closer to, me, to the mic, it's, John. It's essentially, uh, it's, a, it's kind of a uh, protective layer if uh, certainly uh, those get of a litigious mind and think that perhaps they can claim you're responsible are for you, something. Uh, are you uh, at the forest with a moose? What the hell are they? I'm, run- <laughs> somebody, somebody, I'm <laughs> running in 16, folks. No, if anyway. If somebody sues you, so if you, have, if you hit somebody in your car or if somebody slips on your steps or something right. and, you're, and you're liable and they sue you, this is the kind of insurance that covers that claim. Absolutely. And a lot of people have too little, especially on your automobiles, folks. Yeah, so typically we'll see folks will have 100, 300 right. on an automobile. And what that means is it'll pay $100,000 per individual maximum, $300,000 per incident maximum. So if you're in a car wreck and five people get hurt and they, they, they're equally uh, damaged, you get 300 divided by five. What would that be? Most sixty-six grand, something like that. So they wouldn't get a hundred; they get less than a hundred. They add the limit per incident and limit for person. So if some one person gets hit and they're damaged to three hundred thousand dollars, they'd only get a hundred thousand. And what happens if your liability insurance is not enough and you have assets that are exposed? And folks, if you haven't sat down with us, most of you have assets that are exposed, sometimes tragically. So you have the right; you could be very easily forced to write a check to cover the difference. Rob, you care opine on that? Well, you know, it's it's amazing how many people we see successful, moderately successful. They really don't put the the time in to evaluate this exposure. And if you really think about it, uh, you know, we especially in up in our area, we see a lot of poor driving and uh, a lot of people. Uh, you know, all you got to do is is carelessly create an accident and hit somebody who's worth a lot of money or worth a lot of potential income, and next thing you know, you've put everything you've worked your life for at at, at risk. And is it, it could worth it? And just chase you for decades, and just wait till you know that money. If it's in an IRA or something, you take it out and bam, they grow. Uh, since since you mentioned exposure, son, did you have any uh, any comments on liability insurance yourself? As a CHFC, as a newly minted CHFC, I'm sure you've studied this in intimate detail. Share with us, Sonia. Yeah, we I actually run into it a lot, um, and it comes up when I'm having conversations with clients frequently. And one of the questions that I get often, and maybe you all can answer this for us, is um, there's a little bit of fear about increasing the liability insurance, not understanding that it gives you a layer of protection. So what, what, to what do you attribute that fear? Well, they, the, the client looks at it as, if I have this, then I'm going to be more likely to be sued versus seeing it as a protection. To well, just don't tell them. Don't put it on the side of your car. I have $3 million umbrella. <laughs> the chicken or the egg? So actually, that, that you know, is an important point. Is So the easiest way to assuage this risk is get with your uh, your car and homeowner company, typically whether it's Geico or State Farm or Allstate or, or whomever, a farm bureau, I think, um, uh, or not. But it'd say, look, I'd like to increase my liability limits. Tell me what they are. And then purchase a liability umbrella. These are cheap. You can get a million bucks from State Farm for something like $400, I think. That's just a... You know, a recalled estimates, uh, but it's inexpensive insurance, and then that brings you up to a million dollars total for personal exposures. And if you own a business, and rental real estate, folks, is a business, and you know, so just 
be circumspect, you know, in your evaluation, then you also will want a business liability umbrella to make sure that all your exposures are covered. Rob, you want to take the last 40 seconds, last word? I just can't wait. I hear, I hear, I hear, I hear Cousin Arnold warming up there in the wings, but Moose, what do you got to say? Well, you know, just remember, you know, the umbrella can also cover other things beside the car and the home. If you have toys, ATVs, boats, other things that create when you potential said toy, sign danger. Your ears perked up. Uh, you knew about her. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, you want to have umbrella coverage over these basic coverages because the, the you know, it doesn't take long. If you've been in a hospital recently, it's amazing what the fees are. And, and what, we'll uh, have to take that toy discussion offline because we're out of the end of the segment. But folks, review your liability insurance with your agent. Killer important. Be right back. Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free, folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements, and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and otherwise we think you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review. Call now while it's on your mind, folks. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. The show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions, to request free white papers or other educational materials, or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matters, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down now, 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Charlie, Alpha, Mike, Alpha, Romeo, Delta, Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. All right, we're on, folks, for final segment of the Camarda Wealth Leaders. And here, this is where we defer to Johnny Hotstocks Camarda and his renditions of, uh, of amusing and endlessly unsuspected characters. Who do we have in the studio today, Cousin Vito? Well, we have, uh, we have actually a boatload of individuals here. We actually have no idea who's going to actually step up to the point. And uh, that's going to be the uh, the beautiful thing about radio. So, well, oh, you yeah, just, g- can anyone have any further well, I don't, I don't know who's behind the curtain there, Vito, but I'm just going to fire away. Uh, yeah, let me see. What uh, unknown commentator, what sectors look best to you right now as you move through Q2? Uh, Q2. Uh, Q2. Uh, Q2. Uh, don't be bashful. No, no, no. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, right now, Jeff, uh, what I'm looking at, uh, is this Barney, everyone? Good to see everyone. Um, What's is, that uh, chain around Barney's neck? Yeah, yeah well, it's a tight one. Uh, you know, here we go. Uh, you know, the best sectors right now, obviously, we've had a recent uh, market pullback, so uh, a little disturbing this week. But the sectors that are still holding up are healthcare, one of my favorites, um, technologies, uh, cyclicals, uh, financials. Uh, they've been lagging a little bit, but they look good also in this uh, interest rate environment. So right now, even though we've had a little bit of a pullback, uh, you know, we're still in an overall bullish trend. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. All right. Uh, this is a, a, a question because I really have a, a challenge with this. I well, come always, closer. We have a challenge, too, I, with your ears. Come closer. <laughs> I always hear, uh, it seems like I always hear that I should buy gold. Gold hasn't looked good for a while. Nothing so, looks good on you, Rob. Well, uh, that's true. But is it looking better now? And if so, why? And if not, why not? 
Well, you know, Rob, I had to step up for Bonnie because this is not a good question. Sorry, Bonnie. But because uh, I look great in gold for the crying out loud here. What we've actually had, yes, is a divergence uh, you know, between gold and just the S&P 500 since uh, really October of 2012. And it's continuing to unfold, my friend. I actually think he would look good with a 20-inch chain myself. But uh, the thing, Rob, better that than Barney, anyway. absolutely better than Bonnie, Rob, definitely. But the inverse relationship between stocks and gold <laughs> have continued uh, the past couple of years and I keep telling people when clients ask could I be buying gold is this the time I say don't do it let's take a step back to see exactly what's been going on uh, you know essentially since the rising greenback over the last several months into last year certainly has been overtly depressing the price of the yellow stuff however if you look at gold over the last few years what we've really seen is a, a trend that always continues to occur over the decades is that it is an alternative to equities so when there's volatility in stock Essentially, gold does do well. If you look at 2000 or even 2011, you remember the Bonnie remembers this, the government standoff in August of 11, gold soared. So what we're looking at, again, is that the stock market, once it broke the 07 peaks in 2013, gold has just gone down and down hard. I would stay away, and if you own it, sell over self-bounces. No Barney commentaries in that last uh, sentence. Okay, any other questions here, folks? In the two minutes that remain. Yes, I have one. So over the last couple of months, small and mid-caps have owned large caps. So do you they've think owned, this is I a, mean, they've outperformed large caps? Yes, okay. they've done better. Um, so do you think that this is a rule for a while? Uh, yeah, well, Sonia, yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, you guys all look good in your Camarda shirts. I know so many. Come close to the foundation microphone, hey, Bill. Uh, listen, we are. We Why are, do you we, always have to pull Bill out? We, we are flooding money right now, so uh, this is. I, I Don't need, be I, afraid, Sonia. I need. I need to work this gig right here. So, uh, small and mid cap stocks have continued to outperform large caps uh, with the strong dollar environment. Now, of course, we have seen a pullback in the dollar, but this is intermediary. If you look really since last fall, uh, you've seen the multinational suffering due to the import export. Uh, Change differential there. So again, right now, what I'm also looking at beyond that, though, that's a great question, though, uh, is the uh, the velocity of utilities, industrials, and materials, and how they're really weakening. And one trend I'm looking at, as we already talked about, was the uh, the increased strength of energy. If only my well, we won't go there. But the only thing I was going to say is energy has certainly gotten off the mat, and that's one thing that I'm watching right now, as we discussed earlier, is the weaker dollar, stronger energy right now, and then also your international positions and how they are affected. With a weak dollar, if the dollar gets a little weaker and their currencies are a little stronger, does that also slow down their stock markets in the, uh, in the interim? So you're definitely seeing a rotation right now out of some like your biotech, some of your overbought situations. You've seen a lot of the hedge funds that I track, and, and you're watching really that kind of switching of the hats, uh, kind of getting changed in the middle of a play, so to speak, as the sector rotation game continues to roll on. Well, thank you, Bonnie and Bill and Arnold and, and Vito for uh, kicking off. And, folks, you have survived yet another week of Camarda Wealth Education Radio beaming from Jacksonville and Tampa to cover a good bit of the Floridian Peninsula. Tune in next week uh, um, on uh, WBA and WOKV uh, for some more uncommon wealth tips with your Camarda team. Thanks, folks. Have a great week. You've invested yet another hour in Camarda Wealth's Education Radio, your one source of sublime insight on all things financial. As Ben Franklin said, pour the coins from your purse into your mind, and your mind will fill your purse with gold. Remember the Camarda Wealth Leader's warm offer of a complimentary review of your investments portfolio. That's a free analysis from the financial team with almost more letters than in the entire alphabet, an offer that makes old Ben smile even now. 
To get yours before we change our minds, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now before we run out. That's it for this week, folks. Go forth and profit! Camarda Financial Advisors, LLC is a Security Exchange Commission registered investment advisor, which is compensated only by portfolio management fees. You may receive a Tor ADV on request, which contains important background, conflicts of interest, fee, and investment philosophy information. Client accounts managed in a third-party custodian on a discretionary basis. Camarda Consultants, LLC is an affiliate providing other services, including the sale of insurance products compensated using traditional commission methods. Jeff Camarda is a Florida real estate broker, and Camarda Premier Properties has commission and fee-based transactional and property management business, which may present a conflict of interest. None of these are a law or accounting firm, and listeners should confer with their own legal and accounting advisors before deciding on a specific course of action. Third-party advisor rankings rely on advisor-supplied serving information and are not derived from research. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and may not be those of advertisers or broadcasters. When discussed, performance results are presented net of fees and reflect the reinvestment of dividends and capital gains. Not all performance periods may be discussed, and listeners should request complete performance information before forming opinions. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that future performance of any specific investment or strategy will be profitable or equal to past performance levels. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, withdrawals, and/or economic conditions may materially alter the performance of your portfolio. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk. There can be no assurance any specific investment strategy will be suitable or profitable. For any client's investment portfolio, securities discussed on this program may be owned or traded by firm agents and principals in firm portfolios in firm client accounts, and listeners should presume that hosts have conflicts of interest with regard to discussed securities. Historical results for investment indexes or categories generally do not reflect the deduction of transaction fees or custodial charges or an investment manager's fees, the presence of which would reduce the client's actual performance results. There are no assurances that a portfolio will match or outperform a particular benchmark. Asset allocation and diversification do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. Backtesting involves a hypothetical reconstruction based on past market data, of which the performance of a particular account would have been if the advisor had been managing an account using a particular investment strategy. Back-tested performance results do not reflect actual trading using client assets, but were achieved through the retroactive application of a model that was designed with the benefit of hindsight. Back-tested performance results have inherent limitations, particularly that these results do not represent actual trading and do not reflect the impact of material, market, or economic conditions, or factors that may influence the advisor's decision-making if the advisor were actually managing the client's money. Back-tested returns should not be viewed as indicative of the advisor's skill, as they do not reflect the results achieved by any particular client or the advisor. For information on additional date ranges for portfolios discussed on the program, please contact the host. Portfolio performance benchmarks are generally industry-standard indexes, but vary depending on the portfolio discussed. For more information, contact the host.